0: Hello and welcome to DFS Talk. It is Friday, January 29th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And we've got a 10-game NBA slate to break down for you here from a DFS perspective, get this weekend started off right. Coming off a shorter slate last night, our DraftKings uh, coach's clipboard was solid. Our GPP lineup cashed on FanDuel our two cash lineups were a little bit short, though. So, coach, we got to leave and get started for get uh, get started with a big weekend here. Yeah, absolutely. I you know, and this
1: is right my sweet spot. I love double digits of games. I think it gives us an edge because it takes extra preparation and extra work uh, really to come up with the solid lineup. So, I am fired up for uh, this slate and definitely look forward to. Getting in the, in Discord with our members and and chit chatting about it. Uh, we've had a, a lot of new members this week, so it's it's been a lot of fun. And uh, we're looking to get on a, a smoking hot streak here. And today is sounds like as good of a day as any to start it.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Fun with the family growing here. So uh, let's let's do it. Let's get after it game by game, as we always do. Get you ready for your builds on DraftKings, FanDuel, and even Yahoo. So game one is Indiana and Charlotte, the first game here at 7 o'clock. In terms of the slate in general, we've got seven of the 20 teams involved in a back-to-back. Two games over 230, with the total on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. I'm actually a little bit more interested in the two games that are 229 totals, Uh so we'll we'll evaluate that as we go. You're
1: going against your own Magic 230 number rule, but that's okay.
0: it is the magic number, <laughs> and it gets gets the attention, but yeah. that doesn't mean we have to stack it, right? That so
1: is, That is correct. In fact, it usually gets uh, over-owned because of the high number, too. So what we're going to do, too, I, I wanted to set the stage for the show a little bit because we keep tweaking and fine-tuning, especially on these big slates because we want to get them all in in time so everybody has a chance to listen. But we're going to go back and forth and open a game and then respond to the game. We'll talk about the, the lines, of course, the defensive efficiency, the pace, and I'll, I'll also touch on that, that real key category. I got a lot of great comments yesterday when I went over the defensive real plus minus, but I'm only going to uh, go with like the extremes, like if they have a top 10 defender at any position and, are, and a bottom 10 defender. So that'll uh, help us get it in a little bit quicker, but still give you uh, definite targets that you can go after and fades that you're going to need to do. So you have the first game, which is very exciting, because I know then I don't have to take the Cleveland Knicks game, which is the one after the next. <laughs>
0: That's right. No doubt about it. So I get I get Indiana and Charlotte here, which is a rematch from Wednesday. Indiana won that one 116-106. And let's start with the star of the night in terms of value, Cody Zeller. He was huge. For me, he got 10x, uh, 37 10x. fantasy points on <clears throat> DraftKings, 10x, uh, even better than I was hoping for. He got up to 30 minutes. I was just hoping for something in the 20s. But yeah. if he's going to be back in the starting lineup again, he's only 4,000 on DraftKings. So tremendous opportunity again here for a value play to start us off. 4,600 on Fanduel, a little bit more, but I-, I think he's still playable there. Not sure if I'll go anywhere else on the Charlotte side. Lamello is a good price now. It's gone back down with his minutes, right. so he would he would really only be GPP. Hayward is a decent price on both sites. On the Indiana side, uh, Sabonis had a triple double in that matchup on Wednesday. He's yep. right around nine thousand. Certainly, you could go there. Uh, Brogdon is inching down in price, so he's getting there. But this is you know a total of two twenty one. Not expecting a high-scoring game here. Average pace on both sides and average defense. So, you know, and look at the last game, 222 total. So I would expect something similar. Uh, Unlikely to pay up for those Indiana Stars on this 10-game slate. You could look at maybe a one-off. I think Lamb, Justin Holliday, and Doug McDermott are all fair prices, really on both sides. So, uh, that's just sort of, if you need it, uh, slide one of those guys in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I this is an interesting game. I I think it has some intrigue to it. Um, I like the fact that Sabonis' price has come down by the way, you know, he's 9,092. He was up there, you know, close to 10 or maybe even touch 10 there uh, before he missed the game. But, uh, uh, as far as, um, Guys to target or fade because of defensive efficiency. Very interesting and really shocking. Uh, uh, Graham is the number one defensive point guard regarding uh, defensive real plus minus in the entire league. I would have never guessed that. I thought he was an average defender. I know he's been playing a lot better there. And with a lot, it's funny how you can be a mid-level defender and then they draft second overall pick, a point guard that may take your spot. Wow. All of a sudden your defense, you're, you're busting it. So, uh, that, if that wasn't a, a kick in the pants for him to get motivated, it, nothing was. So, you know, like you mentioned, you know, the, the fact that, that, uh, Graham is playing that good defensively, uh, you know, that really, uh, eliminates Brogdon for me on the pay up, uh, just for that simple fact. Uh, and, you know, I think Sabonis is in play at that number uh, against uh, a Charlotte front line. I know Cody's back, but I still think Bismack's going to get some time. I think PJ will switch and they'll go small. You know, when one of Turner or Sabonis are out, so uh, you know Sabonis is the guy that catches my eye here. The other guy that I, I and I've been mentioning this last two or three games, Jeremy Lamb looks good. I know I know he's coming back from an ACL tear. And uh, But, you know, those really thin guys like Lamb and KD and those guys, they don't put much wear and tear on their lower half because they're just carrying so little weight. And I think he's just one of those guys. And uh, his price is still right. And he's the kind of guy, as silly as it sounds, that can break a slate. If he gets hot and gets big minutes, he's a streak scorer. So I would consider him. Um, and on, on the other side of the ball uh, – As far as DRPM, uh, for Indiana, uh, Turner, Miles Turner, is fifth in the league against centers. So nobody's uh, horrible on either side defensively in the bottom 10. But Turner's a top five, which, you know, I know the Cody Zeller thing. He's underpriced, the 10x. But having to go against Turner, and then when Turner sits, having to go against Sabonis, who's above average, still worried a little bit that he's not going to play the big, big minutes. Um, you know, that's a little bit of a, a concern there. So I'm not going to go to the bigs on a 10-game slate in this game uh, as far as from the Charlotte side. Also, I still don't want to mess with this, you know, Graham-Rogier ball rotation. It's very frustrating. I do have a guy on the Charlotte side, though. It's pretty obvious pick, and that's Gordon Hayward. He's been so steady, so good, so consistent. And for some reason, his price actually went down a little bit So I'm not sure why that is, but, uh, you know, at his number, I think that you have to absolutely consider him. Uh, You know, he's only 7,000 on uh, DraftKings. And if you look at the guys that are ahead of him, it's like, why, you know, why is that? Uh, He is 7,600, which isn't too bad on FanDuel. But, uh, you know, so for me in this game, I'm all about uh, looking at Sabonis, the possibility of Lamb as a value And then uh, certainly uh, high consideration for uh, Gordon Hayward. That's it. Okay. All right. Second game, seven o'clock game. It is the Atlanta Hawks at the Washington Wizards. Atlanta is minus four. It's a 234 over under. So there you go. The highest total on the board. And here's why. Defensively, Atlanta's... Uh, down to twelfth, they had uh, were up to tenth. Uh, Washington's all the way down to second to last. At least they're not still in last, so that's an interesting take. Um, pace is good though. Atlanta's seventeenth. Washington, as we know, is the fastest, so it's hard not to target Washington games much because you've got, you know, the fastest paced team with terrible defense. Now, one thing, and I want to just take one second to discuss this. Did you see Bill the last couple games, especially the last game? He looked like it felt like when I used to coach AAU and I had a really great player and the players around him weren't that good. And he just looked like I'm looking for another AAU team to go to. I mean, he really looked like that to me. And my question to you is, you know, he obviously doesn't like playing with Westbrook. I think seeing Wall that, you know, even upset him more because he enjoyed playing with Wall. You think they're going to trade him, or is, or is stuff going to start going sideways with Washington? I think Scott Brooks
0: is a lousy coach, by the way, just for my two cents. But what do you think? I think, you know, he has said that he wants to stay there, and I would, I mean, I, I wouldn't be thrilled about playing with John Wall or Russell Westbrook, because John Wall had an attitude, and he, he thought it was always his team, and he still thinks that he's the, the big star and Beal is secondary, which I don't think is true. Uh, that know. was the big brother, little brother thing,
1: because yeah. he sort of took him under his wing. But Westbrook acts like that, and he, he has does no right to. to
0: right. Yeah. So that that has to be frustrating for Beal. Um, but uh, so I, I I think he stays. You know, this team has been ravaged by COVID and injury. So yeah. it's, it's a rough season. But, you know, they've got some, you know, exciting pieces there. Um, I think they can turn it around. OK, well, we'll
1: see. I, I mean, it just uh, you don't usually see that boisterous of a reaction from somebody the way he was with the arm, you know, just overdoing it. So, you know, front office, you know, you're paying the guy. What's he making? Twenty five million a year. And the dude's all, you know, punking out the team. I, I don't know. I don't like the vibe. And I love Bradley Beal. I absolutely love him. I think he's a great player. But I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Anyway, you know, you know, this has to be a game you consider. There's no question with this pace, uh, with this lack of defense, with these numbers and these good players, I will say on the DRPM side, there's two things to, to look at here. here. Uh, Capella is second amongst all centers in efficient defense-wise uh, DRPM. And uh, DeAndre Hunter is fourth. So, you know, we've been touting the life out of that guy because he's such a great two-way player. He's scoring a ton more. Andy's fourth in defense. On the back side of that for uh Washington, uh for, on the Washington side, Bradley Beal is rated 93rd in shooting guard defense, which is right in the bottom six. So, you know, act disgusted there, Mr. Bradley, but how about tuning up the defense a little bit? I mean, when you drop 40 and the guy, your garden drops 40, I don't know if that's as much of an impact as you'd think. So an interesting stat. I knew Beal was a below-average defender, but I didn't realize he was right at the bottom of the barrel. Saying all that, you know, very tough game uh, to to not want to, you know, put some folks in here. And if you're going to play a Washington guy, uh, you know, Beal's got to be your first choice if you can afford to pay up. Uh, you know, on a big slate like this, that's always the big question. You know, uh, do you have the money to pay up for him? Now he's on FanDuel. So, you know, he'd be your one pay up dude and he's 10-2 on DraftKings. So it's a big commitment if you want to go that way. Certainly couldn't blame you with the stretch he's on. Um, you know, but we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to go there, but I do want to have exposure to this game. So I'm trying to find it. And, uh, Trey Young, you know, it's the other thing. He's immensely uh, expensive, 10-6 on Fanduel. So, you know, to have that correlation of, of Trey and Beal is going to make it almost impossible to really pay up for anybody else, even in the mid or upper level. So, uh, you know, I may go back to our stalwart. I know we keep putting him in there every day, but he seems to make value every day. And that's DeAndre Hunter. I think he's a great play. He makes sense in this matchup. Ah, uh, you want to have at least two hawks against this terrible Wizards defense, um, you know. So the question is, who else do you roster there? I think you gotta you gotta take a look at, at Capella. I know he's super expensive, but he has to be considered uh, as well. Uh, John Collins is, you know, I know I avoid him at times, but he's playing really good ball. He's doing uh, hitting threes. He's got it all going. So. I'm going to find a combination of those guys with Hunter and uh, one of the other Hawks starters. On the Washington side, there's a a plethora of guys back from COVID, it looks like. Uh, Right now, uh, I'm not sure if they're all uh, definitely ruled in, but you're going to get uh, like Hashimura back and uh, uh, multiple guys. Do do you have the news on that, on which ones are are back for sure?
0: Yeah, Rui Hashimura is back. Bertans is back, and Mo Wagner is back.
1: Okay, so those are all, you know, they're going to all take some usage. Uh, Westbrook's back, uh, right. too. Westbrook's playing. So, man, it makes it tough uh, when you look at it that way. Uh, Lopez will split again with the bigs. I don't like Hosh more. I don't think they'll push him in game one back. I I don't want Russ You know, I'm frustrated with this game because I want tons of exposure, but I just don't see good value plays that make any sense. And the value plays we were playing for Washington, the Jerome Robinsons and Garrison Matthews, they're all going to get squeezed out with all the guys coming back. So I don't know. I may not have as much exposure to this game as I would like and just going to have to live with it, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's part of the reason why – I'm not as thrilled as this, uh, as you would think on paper, especially like looking at last year, Uh, this this was the perfect matchup. This was bet the over as soon as the line was published. (laughs) Uh, Atlanta's defense is better this year. That's, that's part of the issue. And then with all those guys coming back for Washington with Westbrook, I don't think we're going to get Beal taking 37 shots like he did against New Orleans, which was fun to watch since we owned him a bunch. And he was tremendous. I mean, he just couldn't miss. He was phenomenal. Um, but with Westbrook back, that changes. So I am I'm likely to avoid all of the Wizards. Uh, you know, Rui and, and Bertans have been out for 18 days. So you know, I think it's going to be split minutes everywhere. On the Atlanta side, you know, Trey Young is really a nice price on DraftKings at 91. He is going to have to deal with Westbrook. Um, Hunter, I agree, is probably the safest, smartest investment in this game. His price is up a little bit, but I- I'll have some shares of him. Capella is attractive to me on DraftKings at 89. And then maybe this will be the day that Herter finally has a ceiling game, uh, especially on on Fandle. He's only 4,800 as a shooting guard. So if Beal is giving him a little extra space, maybe he hits a few threes and, and has uh, one of his better games.
1: Yeah, sure. It falls right into the Beale stat that I brought up. I shot myself in the foot on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: All right, game three is not going to be quite as exciting from a DFS perspective. It's Cleveland and the Knicks uh, oh, tipping off at 730. I dozed off, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, you can sleep through this one, because you know, especially if you're the scoreboard operator, you're not going to have to do much work. <laughs> <laughs> These two teams have played twice already, both rather low-scoring games. Total here, 208. Cavs favored by one. We've got Nance questionable for Cleveland, and we have Bullock questionable for the Knicks. Burks is probable. And that does have an impact because, you know, the Knicks have been mixing and matching. Different guys have been stepping up with an opportunity. So if if Bullock is out again, you could look at one of the guards for the Knicks but it's really hard to predict. One day it's Quigley, one day it's Rivers. Uh, you know, Burks had all the shots in Utah, but he but he shot poorly. And Rivers is the cheapest. So if you had to pick one for GPP, maybe. But I don't I don't trust him. You know, it could just as easily be Quigley uh, on this one. Randall has been good in this matchup both times out triple double and then 28-6 six, and six. He's a reasonable price and he's probably the, the guy that you might consider in a game like this to pay up for, or Drummond on the other side. Uh, first game he had here was was average for him, but then he followed up with 33-23-3 against Mitchell Robinson and company. He's only 8,600 on DraftKings, so even cheaper than Capella. That's an option to consider. Sexton, I think, is a, a fair option uh, in the 6K range. I think there'll probably be some interest in Torian Prince off the bench. He's certainly had more success here than he was having in Brooklyn, more minutes. He got 30 minutes last game, played well. But I don't trust him now that his price is up. So it might be one of the studs here, one of the bigs, because, you know, you get these teams that that miss shots. They're not good at scoring. Cleveland's 27th in offensive efficiency. The Knicks are 26th. That leads to rebounds. And we know that Drummond and Randall gobble those up. So uh, it may be one of those guys for me or a pass. This is a fast
1: one for me. Uh, that 2-8 number, you have two of the top nine defensive teams in the league. Who'd ever think we'd say the Knicks and Cleveland were two of the better defensive teams in the league? That uh, Hats off to both coaches for turning those teams around. But Pace is a killer. 26th and last. So you got great deed, no pace, a low Vegas total, a glutton of, of players in positions we were getting value. If you can figure out the quickly Elf Payton, uh, Alec Burks, Austin Rivers fiasco, beat go at it because I want no part of that. Also, uh, the other side of it, I just Drummond's played 28 minutes the last couple games. He split the one game with Allen. When Nance was out, they did play eight, eight minutes together. I don't think they have any clue. They want to sort of showcase Drummond to trade him, I think. But last year, they picked him up for two expiring contracts and a second pick, and they got Drummond and a second pick. So they basically were taking Drummond off their hands. So I don't know how much you know he carries in trade. I know he can do uh, bust some DFS slates, but... I don't think he gets more than 24 to 28 minutes again with Allen being there. I just don't want that sweat in a 208 total game. I will say defensive real plus minus Mitch Robinson's fourth in the league of all centers. And the reason Reggie Bullock keeps getting his minutes, he's the second best shooting guard defender on the perimeter in the league. Um, Believe it or not, this was a, a really impressive and someone that's really bought into Tibbs defense. RJ Barrett is 10th, which, uh, you know, that was a little bit of question coming out of Duke is, is, could he, you know, defend at that position? He's obviously doing that. Uh, I will say on the negative side for these two teams, the only team uh, guy that's plays poor defense to a very high extent is Andre Drummond. He is 49th among centers. So that's a big reason I think, you know, teams don't see uh, a lot of use for him because, He's not really a rim protector. He can block a few, but he's always out of position. You know, he just does a lot of things that drive coaches nuts. He turns it over a lot, a lot of things like that. So uh, bottom line for me, and I'll make it quicker on this one, I'm not going anywhere with this game at all. I, I get the fact, uh, you know, that, that there are a few guys that have been scoring well, uh, but I just, you know, I'm not going to pay up the big bucks for Julius Randle in a game with this low of a total, but I do think he's the best player in the game. All right. Let's zip right to the next one. Uh, Is it the uh, Clippers in Orlando that you have next? Uh, Kings and Raptors. Oh, okay. I missed one. I'm sorry. All right. Sacramento and Toronto. Sacramento is on the first night of a back-to-back. Toronto's a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Good solid total. 229 and a half, so I know this is one of the games you're looking at. Um, Defense, Sacramento has shrunk down to dead last, worst defense in the league. Toronto, who I I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't think it would be this fast. I remember a week and a half ago telling you, Toronto's 22nd, a Nick Nurse team? Guess what? They're 8th. They've they've plummeted up, not down. They've catapulted, I should say, up uh, to 8th. As far as pace goes, it, it makes you interested, being 11th and 9th. A couple of things to to point out. Uh, if Siakam's back uh, or, you know, uh, whatever that rotation, their bigs is going to be, even if he's not, Bagley for Sacramento is second to last, 66th in the league in and def- defense at their power forward position. And that's a guy that was drafted above Luka, by the way. Um, on the Toronto side, you've got two guys that are defending well, and they happen to play the both play the same position. Toronto's centers, Baines, believe it or not, is 10th, which we always knew was scrappy, and Boucher is 8th. So they continue to not give Boucher full minutes. I don't know what else the guy can do. Can hit threes, block shots, he's scoring way more, he rebounds the ball, and he's 8th in the league in defense. Let the kid play. Uh so as far as this game goes, I do like the feel of the game. I think, you know, we know, need news. What is the latest Siakam news? Questionable? I think
0: he's expected to play, but Ananobi is questionable.
1: Yeah, right. So that, you know, that really stings Toronto, especially on the defensive side. But, um, you know, if Siakam's back, I, I think that he's a sneaky play. that will be super low owned. I don't have any problem uh, with him there. Um From the guard side, I do like, as I always do, uh, looking at either uh, Lowry or Van Vliet. You know, I I, uh, touted Van Vliet in the last game, and he threw a 50-burger up on the board. Uh, But the sad thing is I didn't end up rostering him. So for those that listen to the show and played Van Vliet, great job. I had zero shares at the end of the night. Um, You know, I think – so I like the Toronto side with a couple of guys. I think you can go there. Sacramento, again, you know – If you want to pay up for Fox, that makes it, you know, a little interesting. But, uh, you know, it's on this kind of a slate, it's hard to pay way up for people and feel like you're getting um, good value. I don't want Rashawn Holmes against the the good defensive centers from Toronto. Um, And really, you know, you, you somewhat gamble. I know Buddy Hill had an insane game the other day. But I just he doesn't seem to put those together in a row very often, so you know I'm looking more at a sneaky Siakam, one of the uh, guards for Toronto, and uh, definitely want to have some exposure here.
0: Yeah, I like this one a tiny bit better than Atlanta and the Wizards, as you predicted, and you know the pace is part of it, and. The, the Kings' poor defense, and I think with the Raptors pushing it and scoring it easily against the Kings, even though their defense is better, I think the Kings have an opportunity to to make this a high-scoring game, and their prices for these stars are a lot cheaper than in the Atlanta and the Wizards game. So yeah, it's, and they've come down for sure. Yeah, You know, Lowry I, I like here in this game, just barely over 7,000 on both sites. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could go with Van Vliet or – Siakam. If Ananobi sits, Powell is going to get a lot of attention again. He's 6,200 though on both sides. So, I mean, I'd rather just pay up for Lowry, Uh, and then I do like Baines here as a as a value play. You know, sort of similar to Cody Zeller, where his minutes have gone up finally, and he's finally showing his talent. You know, 23 minutes last game, and he had 28 DraftKings points. And he's 3,400. So if he does anything similar, which I think he can, it's not like Holmes is going to shut him down. And in a fast-paced game, he's going to have lots of opportunities for rebounds. Uh, I like Baines here as as a great value play on the Kings side. You know, not quite as excited about their guys because of Toronto's improving defense. Fox is maybe a little high on this slate for me, and then Healed, like you said. Can we trust him to do it again? He's still pretty cheap on Fanduel at fifty eight hundred, so that's probably where I would look if I were to go to Mister Heald. Okay, Game Five, Coach, is the other two twenty nine and a half total that I like. It's the Bucks and the Pelicans, and we've got these teams who swapped players. Remember that big trade? Well, yeah. here we go. We've got Drew Holiday going back to New Orleans. Well, that'll be interesting. Down he comes on Bourbon Street which will also be known as Narrative Street tonight. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think uh, he may get a little boost here. I like him at 7,000 on DraftKings. Um, you know, he's uh, he's been a little bit underwhelming for Milwaukee. Yeah. But, you know, the Pelicans are 24th in defense this year. And you know, Lonzo is banged up. If he plays, he's questionable with the ankle uh so he's a guy that you could look at and then on the uh in terms of the other stars for Milwaukee Middleton I think is a a fair price for this game Giannis woke up finally against Toronto and had a big one uh you know one one reason to pause a tiny bit is that this is the first night of a back to back for Milwaukee and you know they showed in that last game the back to that 10 man rotation and so uh, Coach Bud is is notorious for limiting minutes. Yes. So, you know, I'm not sure we can go all in on this one, but I I do like a, a mini stack from this game. On the Pelicans side, that that news with Lonzo is going to be huge if he plays or not, because Bledsoe is a really nice price, fifty seven hundred and fifty five. I, I like him, even if uh, Lonzo plays in this game environment. Uh, if Lonzo sits, Nikhil Ale- Alexander-Walker also comes into play off the bench, or he might start, uh, 4,200 on both sides. That could work. Uh, Brandon Ingram, he, he sure looked terrific against Washington. <sighs> Seven yeah. of 12 on three-pointers.
1: Crazy. Uh, we had
0: him, too. I'm a, yep. I love him. <laughs> yeah, we got him in that two-brains lineup. And he's been kind of also underwhelming here recently. but yeah, just... Because he's expensive, that's the yeah, problem. Right. Yeah, right. He's been he's been okay, but for yeah. fantasy, he hasn't been smashing like he like he could. No. Uh, you it's know, sort Coach- of almost running into that same dichotomy
1: of all of a sudden you've got Zion and Ingram battling for DFS points. So you know when we get into those teams that have those two battling, a lot of times they cancel each other out.
0: You know? Yeah, and in that last game against Washington, Zion was dominant in the first half. But then yeah. Ingram carried the goal. team in the second half. Right. And so you end up with both solid nights. But, these, yeah, it's not a situation where one guy's going to get all the shots like Beal. Right. So um, I, I think Ingram has responded pretty well to Van Gundy kind of complaining about his guys, you know, just not getting it done. And I'm not right. sure it's really their fault. I think Van Gundy should take some of the blame here. But yeah. uh, if Ingram is motivated, then I like him at that price tag interesting yeah i mean i'm with you on a lot of this game i mean
1: both teams are on the first night of a back to back though so that is a little bit of a concern but like you said there's a lot of narrative in this game there are guys that got traded that i mean they you know i got to think bledzo's got to have a you know a stick it up his butt if you will cuz he's going to be saying hey you know you guys just gave up on me so you've got to that elevates him and then holiday going back home I mean that was he was there a long time, you know his wife was ill there. They had babies, a baby there. There was a lot of ties to that community, and you know I know you can overplay narrative streets sometimes, but I I think both guys are very playable, Bledsoe and Holiday. A lot of it's because their price is right. You have this extra motivation, and you know I don't know if I'll roster both. I don't want to go too far on the narrative side, but I think they'll both have a good game. I think these are this, these are games, uh, this type of game is where they'll step up. So I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Um, I will say from the defensive side, um, we've got, uh, you know, you're not going to believe this. And I, I looked a million times, but Giannis is ranked 65th amongst power forward defenders. So statistically, I think it's because they're going at him a lot to try to get him in foul trouble, but he's not getting it done, you know, as the MVP and a guy that's been first team all defense, he's slumped. I mean, it's not just his three-point shooting, his foul shooting, and and now it's defense as well. So he has regressed a lot there. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to play too much into that because we know his history, but it does make me interested in Zion if you know, I I like Zion a little bit in this game. Anyway, it's going to be a highly anticipated and watched game, and I I think Zion uh, with his bulk can do really well in there. I don't I think you know that's when he seems to have an advantage is when he goes against the the lanky skinny guys and and can get it done. So I don't mind Zion whatsoever. Um, I will say though that I I, I want to look at uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker if uh Mr. Ball sits and if he's going to start. So we got to watch that news cuz at that price he's such a steal cuz he's going to have his hands on the ball and be part of everything that's going on. So I'm very interested there. Um you know, after that, I you know, I know it's a 2:30 game, 2:29 game and there's a lot of decent players here. I think this game may get overowned a little bit. Um but I'm, I'm sticking with really Bledsoe, Holiday as, as the guys I'm interested in. I think Zion and maybe a value play with the Akil Alexander-Walker. I'm not going to spend up on, on Giannis or Middleton in this game, even though it's going to be fairly high scoring. I mean, let's face it, with Giannis at this point, as expensive as he is, it's sort of like Luka now. They can get like 68 or whatever he had, and he was like 5.8. 2x so i mean you got to get monster monster games for these guys just to make value whereas if you pay down 1500 even 2000 can still get a a guy that can break the slate and then you don't have to go as low in value so i'm sort of fading back now away from the stars and scrubs and i think the way the pricing is is shaking out you can build more of a, a quality medium build lineup So that's where that's where I'm looking there. All right. Now is it uh, Clippers in Orlando? Yes. Okay. here we go. Clippers in Orlando. It is uh, Clippers on the second night of a back to back. They're the only team that played last night that plays tonight. Um, They still have all their guys out. So if you read somewhere that they're questionable or game time decision, that's bad information. Uh, They did not even travel with the team on this road trip. So none you know Kawhi and uh george will not play so the the orlando is actually a three and a half point favorite with those key guys out uh for the clippers a uh, couple of things uh the good side defensively they're 16th and 20th so that makes them playable however they're 28th and 21st in pace so that you know is not good The only uh, DRPM guy that dives out is Fournier. He's the 90th rated shooting guard defender. So, you know, that makes me interested in the whole Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann thing again. Uh, Those guys have, you know, we've been playing them since all of these uh, uh, COVID sitting folks for the Clippers. So I still think they're both in play. Their price is still not, you know, unreasonable by any stretch. Um, and then after that, you know, you've got a Baca that gets a lot of minutes at center and he's a really good defender. Didn't quite make the top 10, uh, but he's close. So that really uh, negates a little bit of Vukovic for me. The other thing is since Fournier came, came back, that dude thinks he is the best shooter in the league. If he's open and gets just a, a tiny space, he's not passing it. It's going up. So it's, it's scrambled a little bit. And I think It's hurt, uh, you know, Anthony at point guard, even Vuk a little bit. The question on this team is we've got uh, Gordon is questionable, I believe. So if he's in or out may have uh, some effect on uh, if there's any value in this game or not. When he sits, you can always go the super value route with a Birch or somebody like that. But again, I'm not... I don't like the pace that the Magic play at, and I don't like that Fournier's back taking all those shots. And uh, you know, for me, it's going to be the the couple of Clippers we've been leaning on. You know, the backcourt, and then you know maybe uh, a possibility of an Ibaka or one of those guys. But
0: not crazy about this game. What do you think? Yeah, I probably won't have much exposure to it. I I am still interested in the guards for the Clippers, though. Jackson and Mann, Mann, especially on FanDuel as a shooting guard, 4500 mm-hmm. I think that's a really good price. I think he can handle the back-to-back uh, short trip there from Miami to Orlando. So not, not the toughest back-to-back. Canard oh. also in play on FanDuel for me. Fournier, you know, the thing with him is he's he has been scoring it a bunch, but he's also picking up the assists. And I think it's four in a row that he's given 6x return. The thing is, historically, he's been hard to trust for consistency. You better believe it. Yeah, and he hasn't gotten assists as much as he has been recently here with Fult out. So he's in play. I like him a little bit better on DraftKings, where he's a shooting guard at 6,400. So he's playable, but I just don't trust him, even though he's been consistent lately. And then uh, I'll mention Kim Birch here. I, I know you've had some interest in him this year as well, coming off another big game, and he's he's good price, right around 4000 Right. So uh, he, he's a guy you can look at. I agree. Next game, Coach, is the other uh, the next 8 o'clock tip-off on the East Coast. We've got the 76ers and the Timberwolves. And Mr. Embiid is questionable. And yeah that, that might have an effect on the game what do you think it, it might just a bit you know if he's out we'll get some shots spread around maybe we'll get Dwight Howard back in the starting lineup if we do you know he, I think he's a fine play but I still probably lean towards Cody Zeller and Baines as cheaper value plays on DraftKings
1: than Howard you're saying
0: yep okay yep. um
1: I thought I'd you like- were talking
0: about Embiid. I was going to say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tobias Harris, 6,800 on DraftKings, I think is, is playable. Again, especially if Embiid is out. The Timberwolves right. are just <clears throat> awful defensively. They're 27th. Yes. And you know, Sixers are favored by seven here. Middle total here of 224. A little bit surprising that the 76ers are fourth in pace as are the Timberwolves, so they're tied. So this is a a fast-paced game, but of course the 76ers are tremendous defensively. They're fifth in that category. And then the Timberwolves are such a mess without the big cat. They're 30th in offensive efficiency. Terrible. And we've got D'Angelo Russell questionable again with the quad injury. If he sits, last game Rubio had 22 minutes, Jordan McLaughlin had 26. They're both at reasonable prices for that, role, but it is a tough defense they're facing. So I I don't know if I'll go for a value play there. And then the other guys for the Timberwolves, decent prices, Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, they're up a tiny bit. uh, Tough to to get excited about them, though, in this game. And then I got to mention Anthony Edwards, because in that game against Golden State, he looked awesome. He was reigning in threes, and his ball was wasn't even thinking about touching the rim. It was nope. all net. It was sort of like Steph Curry on the other side. Do you see the uh, dunk he had on Weissman? Yeah, dunks. I mean, that guy's an athlete.
1: <laughs> it was uh, unreal.
0: He's just really inconsistent with his minutes and his oh, scoring. Gosh, and in Minnesota in general, they just shift guys around it's it's a mess it's kind like a disaster you get, get get guys checking in and three minutes later they're checking out and you get all these guys off the bench like jake layman and um you know it's just it's hard it's just watch. hard to watch and hard to trust so edwards is a real gpp option only but uh you know there's a there's a pretty good chance i don't roster anyone from this game Interesting. See, it
1: all has to do for me with the news about Embiid. You know, if he sits, then I, I like a couple guys from Philly in a heartbeat. Minnesota refuses to defend. Um, they have three guys that are, get big minutes for them that are in the bottom four of their own specific posi- uh, position in defensive real plus minus. Nas Reed is 52nd against centers. The rookie Edwards is 95th of 97 guys at his position defensively. And Mr. D'Angelo Russell, big bucks, 94th ranked point guard. So you wonder why Minnesota can't defend? Well, there's three good reasons. Those guys don't defend. So, you know, if if Embiid plays and doesn't have a minutes restriction, I will consider him because Minnesota just doesn't have any pushback in the paint. And I think uh, Embiid could get 65 fantasy points in 28 minutes. I really do. I, he could dominate that much. I'm not crazy about paying up for him if he's uh, questionable at all as far as the minutes. But if he sits, I think you got to look at uh, guys like Tobias Harris, uh, even like a Shake Milton, uh, maybe look at some of those guys that are, are going to get the extra runs and extra shots for that team with Embiid out Uh, on the Minnesota side. I don't want anybody on that squad uh, at all. I'm so sick and tired of even the bums when they play. I mean, Rubio and McLaughlin splitting minutes equal. I mean, it's come to a point where really almost nobody's rosterable on that team. I mean, Edwards, if he's interested, like he was pumped up to play against Weissman and that's, he had a great game. This game He may come out and, you know, sometimes he acts like he really doesn't give a a hoot. And, you know, if he's open, he shoots it. And that's about it. So uh, I think Minnesota may be the first team to fire their coach. They're not. They just look terrible. Um, If Embiid plays, I'll be more of a pass for me. If he sits, I do want a little bit of that Philadelphia, which will be value at that point with him out. So that is it. All right, we go to the the last 8 o'clock game, Brooklyn and Oklahoma City. We have Brooklyn 9.5-point favorite, and this is a a 232 total, second highest on the board. Seems like Brooklyn, like I said last time, they have made the decision that uh, they want to outscore everybody. They're not going to uh, play a whole heck of a lot of defense. But I did read uh, some coach talk this morning. About Nash, Nash said that he does not want to overplay his three stars, you know who they are, uh, and that he is gonna reduce the game load, starting right away on all three of them and start using his bench more because he doesn't want them uh, fading out come playoff time. so that that doesn't help them out. It's hard enough to p- pick between those three guys. I did tout harden the last time which he was the underdog of the three and he did the best, you know, I just, I don't know how you can play one of these guys. All three of them have the potential to dominate or just be average. And if you pay up for any of these guys and they're just average, uh, you're in big trouble. So uh, this game has the highest uh, number. They, it could blow out. Although I say that against Oklahoma city. And as always, they are like 500 and still win some games, but um I'm not going to go with any of the big dollar guys here from Brooklyn. I may not be for quite some time unless one of them sits. Um, the, the, here's the problem, though. The reason I want guys from this game is they're 25th and 21st ranked defensively, and we know every Brooklyn game's been high scoring, and pace. They're eighth and tenth. So you got the two to the top 10 pace teams. So how do you not roster guys? Well, I'm going to find guys to roster. I think Joe Harris. Has been, you know, the the big value play that is getting the big minutes and putting up value as far as making that 5x pretty much every game. If there's going to be a slightly reduced role for the other guys, I think Harris picks up some of that uh, extra play and extra shot attempts and extra handling of the ball. A couple of surprising notes here in this game from DRPM side. Do you know that Joe Harris is third at his position defensively? And he was a guy that that wasn't expected. So he is bought into, uh, I think, hustling his butt off to make sure he stays in that lineup once they got these three studs. It's amazing. You look at these, this DRPM and you can see the guys that have this extra motivation to keep their spot or position. And you know what? Defense is pretty much effort. I mean, yes, you know, have to know the angles and all that, but if you're busting your ass every time down on D, it's going to show. And it's funny how these guys that feel the heat of losing their spot consistently throughout this are the ones that are stepping up. Now, here's something, the reason why this is really funny, that Brooklyn, if they win the East, they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to score 230, 240 points a game. They're just not good defensively. The biggest surprise... DeAndre Jordan spent his career as a really good defensive center, shot blocker. I mean, he had a great reputation. Well, as Father Time continues, he's uh, Father Time is undefeated. And he just doesn't have that same quickness explosion. He's not reading things defensively. He's 56th among centers. So, you know, you can attack center just because Allen's gone. We used to attack centers for Brooklyn with Allen there. Jordan's actually ranked below uh, Allen. So uh, they do play small as well, a lot of times with Green in there. So I I think a thing coming up is centers against Brooklyn. Now, OKC has Horford. You know, he played a great game in more minutes than he's played all season the last game. I don't know, you know, how much you can trust that, but at his price, it, you know, it's worth a quick gander. And then how about these two superstars? Durant, 60th, and our man James the Beard Harden. He is not getting after it defensively like he does at the strip club. Let's just say that. How about there's 99 guys ranked at his position defensively? He's 98th. So, you know, where he needs to make it rain is on the defensive side. So, again, that's why they're giving up all those points. And, you know, it makes you want to play somebody from the other side. Uh, You know, because, you know, they're going to get points. But Oklahoma City is it's enough to drive you crazy. One game Dort does well. One Baisley does well. Horford comes back. Roby sits down a little. You know, the only constant there is is SGA. I mean, he's been steady, solid player. And I like him on this slate. I think that if they hang in there in this game, uh, I think SGA is the reason why. And I haven't played him in a while. I know his price isn't that great, but I think he's the guy that, that may step up here. I don't want any part of this Maladon and Diallo. I'm, I'm tired of all those chumps that rotate in and out and just can't get it done. So I'm going right straight to the main man. I like a Horford slightly for the first time this year. Like SGA a lot. I don't want any of the studs from Brooklyn based a lot on that coach chat. I think Josh... I'm sorry, Joe Harris is in play. And a guy that's consistently been quietly going 6x, 6.5x is Jeff Green. Who the hell would ever think that after all this time? But he's getting big minutes. A lot of it is because Jordan just isn't doesn't do anything on the defensive end anymore. And he finishes games every time. He played the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter and the full overtime and led them in scoring in overtime. So I know he's super cheap, and it makes it exciting. There is some risk there, but that's that's how I see this game uh, playing out.
0: I agree with you on the Brooklyn Stars. Not going to pay up for them here, uh, you know, especially with the coach talk that you've heard. Uh, and I'm actually not going to go to Harris either because okay. it, unless it's Fanduel, the, I'll consider him over there. But I just don't like. Uh, his usage in general when he's out there as a starter, um, and so I would actually look at maybe a value play off the bench. If a guy like Bruce Brown's going to get a few more minutes, he's minimum price. So there's a guy you could get in uh, if you want to go a little bit more stars and scrubs. He's three thousand on DraftKings, and Green I think is a guy we have to keep an eye on. Uh, he's almost always a value play. Still, yeah. he's still playable. But there's a decent chance I'm not going to play anybody from the Nets. On OKC, I do think Shea is playable here in this game environment. Uh, I think Horford, you know, it's the uh, Fred Van Vliet father narrative. There you go. He comes back after the birth of his child, plays great in Phoenix. And, you know, with with Jordan's defense being an issue this year, I, I do think Horford's worth considering. As a, as a mid-tier option. And I actually am interested in Tail Maladon because he started and got 30 minutes, and he's only 3,400 on DraftKings. Um, I don't think you can expect huge numbers from him, but in an up-tempo game with guys like Irving and, Hard- and Harden who aren't playing defense, I think he can pay off the price tag again. Okay. All right, the 8-30 game we have tonight is Denver against San Antonio. San Antonio on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to play Memphis tomorrow. So that is almost a cross-off situation when you've got the Spurs involved in a back-to-back. Yeah, good luck with Pop. Pop's 72nd birthday was yesterday,
1: by the way. Oh, was so. it?
0: Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, despite the back-to-back situation for the Spurs here, I have a little bit of interest in this Murray v Murray game, and Dejounte's only 6100 on DraftKings. He's been messing around with double doubles and even a triple double. He's good, so I, I like his price there. Uh, DeRozan's under 7000, which on DraftKings gets my attention, but I, I still prefer Murray 700 cheaper, and then Lamarcus Aldridge in the 5K range on both sites is uh, still somebody I think you can look at. On the Denver side, we've got P.J. Dozier out. Um, Barton, talk about an eye-opener, 4,300 on DraftKings. Now, yeah. his minutes have been going down with Michael Porter Jr. back. His usage is down, so I, I'm i not interested really in playing him. But if you're ever going to buy low on Barton, it's 4,300. He's in, plummeted. You know, a, a decent pace game. It's a little bit pace up for Denver. Is the Spurs are eleventh in pace. It's a two twenty two total. Um, so I, I think this is the type of game where Barton can do well, but it's a GPP play only for me. Yeah, Bart Barton's like GameStop
1: and AMC Theaters. You know, the, right? The, the, this their stock is up and then down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barton was sixty one hundred a week and a half ago. By the way,
0: yeah. So what a plummeting forty three hundred. Amazing. Right. So it's all changed with Michael Porter Jr. back, who's been playing well, but he's a little bit too expensive for me coming off the bench. And I don't think I'm going to get to Jokic here. Uh, I'd rather, again, be more of that, uh, you know, average build like you're talking about. Right. So uh, for me, it's it's mostly DeJounte Murray here, believe it or not. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Um I'll tell you the guy I don't trust right now
1: is Jamal Murray. I mean, I rostered him everywhere. I had him 100 percent last game. and I know he, he had gotten thrown out in the in the Dallas game and he was a little off his game there. He's had multiple games now where he just something's not right. I don't know if it's his confidence, just he's not playing consistent, good basketball. Now I know you know we all had high expectations because he looked like a superstar in the bubble. He was you know, one of the best players there but I just, you know, there's times where he just doesn't get the ball and just sort of floats around. And then when Morris plays with him, he, he plays the two and just goes and stands in the corner. Morris handles the ball and they all do their thing and Murray's just not getting it. So I say that, you know, to say I'm I'm not going in that direction whatsoever. I do like DeJounte Murray is my favorite spur. I agree with you there. I'd like to play him. I think he's He's the safest play on that side of the ball. In fact, I don't trust a single guy of the rest of them on there. I think Dejounte uh, is is the guy. I think he's a sharp play tonight, and he makes sense. Uh, the 222 number is, you know, gets me a little excited. And plus the fact that they're 18th and 11th defensively. There's another guy. San Antonio was 23rd defensively, and I was, you know, ripping it on. How can Pop have a team that low? Here they're up to 11. They're almost in the top 10 already. So they're they're moving in that direction. Pace is always an issue with Denver games. They're 27th. They always slow the ball down and run everything through the Joker at the top of the key. Defensive real plus minus. A couple quick notes. Uh, Barton is eighth, so he is defending very well as we knew. So when he's matched up against somebody, you got to take notice there. I don't think he'll play. Uh, Dejounte. If he does, then that could be. Uh, difficulty. I'm going to go back and look at some numbers of previous games and see who it looks like they're going to put on Dejounte. I'm thinking Barton plays DeRozan at this point, but that could I could be wrong. So I'm going to double check that. Um, <clears throat> the The negative defensive guys for Denver, uh, the Joker's 54th defensively as a center. Very interesting. So you know you can play the o- other center against Denver. It's just the pace issue. And your man, Porter Jr., the youngster, uh, you know, coach always knows when a guy doesn't give an effort on defense. The dude's 61st. So, yes, he's a tremendous offensive player if he keeps his head in the game. But uh, with that kind of talent and that length, the dude's 6'10". you got to play some D there, brother. So that was very uh, alarming. So another another reason why you can look at, you know, uh, the four – man for san antonio uh but again they rotate so much you got especially on back-to-backs you got to be scared so do not play more than one spur just as a warning on the other side of the ball that, that was very interesting the rookie that you mentioned big shout out to you uh, coming out of the draft you <clears throat> were real high on this guy and that's vassal from the spurs he's the ninth best defender at that position as a youngster just right out of the, that's what the spurs do they draft these great athletic defenders. DeJounte Murray's tough, too. He's a fourth amongst point guards defensively. So another reason not to play the other Murray, Jamal, today, I will say the father time situation has caught up to DeRozan. He's plummeted to 71st defensively. So it's time to start playing the opposing shooting guard small forward from the other team as well. So Uh, I will have some exposure here. It will be cautious, but it will be there. All right, last game, sir. Let's attack it. It is the late-night hammer. It's a national TV game. It's got all this attention, and uh, it's going to be interesting. It is the Dallas Mavericks at the Utah Jazz. Dallas on the first night of a back-to-back. Carlisle's notorious uh, for minutes splitting on back-to-backs. He's from that pop school a little bit, but... Uh, here's the thing. Utah's only favored by three and a half because we don't know if uh, if Mr. uh, who their their star Mitchell, if Mitchell's going to play or not. So based on this number that I'm seeing here, it doesn't sound like he is. Utah crushed Dallas uh, on Wednesday uh, and they didn't have Mitchell. So, you know, I'm assuming that that's the case. Plus Dallas gets another uh, shift of guys back all their covid guys now keep coming back little by little which does not help the situation for dfs because he likes to play 12 guys at times so it definitely hurts i'm not going to pay up for luca against utah defense they're the the third best defensive team in the league you know my feelings on that tall drink of water seven foot three chris stapps softy porzingis so i'm not going there you know, they start getting all these other guys that are going to contribute now. Josh Richardson's back. Maxi Cleve is going to be back. You know, there's just a lot of guys that they're going to play. Uh, so, uh, you know, even with Finney Smith and different guys grabbing their minutes back, I want no part of the Mavericks right now. They're playing poorly. They're on a three-game losing streak. They're on the, uh, on the road for the second straight game against a team that's won 10 in a row, I believe. And so it's not a Dallas Mavericks night for me. Sorry Dirk, my bad. Um and then on the Utah side, it all has to do certainly with whether Donovan plays or not. My my center today and I I'm so so angry at myself for Wednesday cuz as you know, I talked about it on here. I had Gobert as my center from 9:30 in the morning until central time like uh five minutes before lock, let's just say that. And I put took him out. He was the highest scorer. Now, do I think he's going to have that crazy game again? This is not a points chasing issue because I always shy away because I think people way overreact. If somebody has a good game, they roster him the next game. It's just such a general sucker move most of the time, but not in this scenario. I know Dallas is getting some guys back, but they're going to be rotating their bigs like crazy. I think... Gobert is solid, solid, solid because he's going to get a million rebounds. He's going to block some shots and their interior defense for the Mavs. I've said it like for two weeks straight, they can't stop anybody. Powell is, is just horrific. Um, Porzingis won't get down there and bang around. And then, you know, is Maxie going to be back? If he is, how many minutes can he play? He helps a little, but not much. Cauley Stein's not getting it done either. And, it's just, you know, I think you have to go there, and I love him. He's my favorite play on the on the slate. Um, real quickly on the defensive real plus minus, three guys to point out, and it goes to show you how much Dallas missed this guy. Dorian Finney-Smith, number one in the league at his position defensively, and we know he's a great defender. He's a 3 and D guy, and he's going to get good minutes for Dallas. So, you know, when you're in a pinch and you need a super value guy, he's not a bad guy to look at today or going forward. Uh, The two guys that are, one I knew for sure, guess what, Gobert's number one in the league defensively center-wise. We knew that, two-time champ defensive player of the year. Here's the one that shocked me, and I got to smack myself in the head for this one, because I've said, I think Conley's lost a little step. He's not the same defender he was. The dude's third in the league in defense against point guards. So we know he's always got the angles, the quick hands. He's smart defensively, but I'll tell you, you know, that is a big thing to to look at uh, as far as not playing like I've targeted a few point guards against Utah. Generally doesn't work out, and, and this really solidifies why. If Donovan Mitchell does not play, I'm going to uh, immediately put Clarkson in my lineup again. I know that he did well the last game, but Conley went berserk, hit like four threes in a row. That's okay. He's decent, but I... My plug-and-play will be Clarkson if Mitchell's out. I love Gobert, and I want no part of Dallas.
0: Yeah, I'm going to likely avoid Dallas, too, with all those guys back. I think Porzingis is still a GPP option, but Go- Rudy Gobert on DraftKings is 7500 He's even cheaper than Porzingis, so
1: yeah.
0: I-, I love Gobert there as well. And if Mitchell is out, then I'll look at Ingles and Clarkson again as a value play. Ingles is still cheap on DraftKings at 47. Clark's in a little bit cheaper on FanDuel at 58, and he certainly stepped up in that last one. So that wraps up the 10-game slate for us. A couple quick things, a request, and then a couple of offers. The request, if you don't mind, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the Like button and subscribe. This is seven days a week, free podcast in front of the paywall, so we'd love your support there. Hit the Alert button so you know when the podcast is going to post. And then a couple of offers. We still have the betus.com.pa offer 149 If you can make your first deposit there and use the promo code COACHTALK, do that. You'll get to use all of that uh, investment for your sports betting investments. And you get two months of free membership with us until April 1st. It's an all-access membership. You get our lineups in every sport. So you get the Super Bowl lineups, uh, the weekly golf lineups, NBA every night, and then MLB when that starts up. If you're not into sports betting, then just come join us on our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Pick whichever length of membership you want, and then we'll send you an email, get you into our Discord. We give our lineups out about 20 minutes before tip-off, full cash lineups on FanDuel that you can plug and play, and we'll teach you how to build a bankroll with contest selection, the coaches clipboard on DraftKings every night with core plays highlighted in pivots, and then the full Yahoo lineup as well. Yahoo, Uh, let's do it. Yeah. real
1: quick smash the living daylights out of that that thumbs up please subscribe to us right away as andrew said hit the alert so you see us real quick shout out to a bunch of our new folks that have been so active and so awesome mdnyk83 all the wave of champagne x matt and uh we have a couple others uh deluxe has been awesome these guys are just in there all the time and guys uh, and just gals building in and gals yeah we we've, we've got uh some of the gals in there too so um warrior chad we gotta love the warrior chad as well the last two that i had in here were c underscore chach gotta love that one and leonidas i don't know how that's right leonidas leonidas But he is my Yahoo playing buddy now. So
0: there you go, go, man. You can close us out. All right. So thank you all for tuning in today. Make sure to come back tomorrow as Coach will have the pod for you solo as we get started on the weekend. And uh, good luck with everyone's lineups tonight. So on behalf of the Coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.